What's up, everybody, and welcome back. This is going to be Season 5 of Crunch Time with Cruck. As always, joined of my awesome co-host, Mad Max, Max Williams. Max, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's good to have this back. You know, we've had a little bit of a break from Crunch Time, as you and me know, but hey, it's excited to be back on it and see what happens. Absolutely. We're bringing it back. The Monday after the World Series just concluded Yeah, was the Phillies and Astros. Uh, you know, partied a little too hard. My, <laughs> my voice doesn't sound the best, right. but... Uh, man, let's just jump right into that one. The World Series. Uh, Houston ended up winning the World Series four to two over the um, you know Philadelphia Phillies, and the World Series MVP was the shortstop Jeremy Pena, uh, first ever rookie position player to win the World Series MVP, and like that, that's that's a huge stepping point yeah. as a rookie. To go out there and win the biggest award that there is. Because now what's the next step? You already won the World Series. You won the World Series MVP. What's next? Like, just sign the biggest contract in yeah, history? I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously not like Fernando Tatis that we obviously back. I had a 13-year contract going in. But, I mean, first of all, he came in having four home runs from the entire postseason. To me, that's, yeah, it might not be a lot that can go on it. But in postseason, that's a pretty good amount of numbers to have overall for Jeremy Pena. And just the Astros as well, the pitching staff, especially in the last couple games, as we look at the Phillies, right? The Phillies were one of the top teams in hitting in the beginning of the World Series. Like Bryce Harper was hitting well. You had Hoskins hitting very well overall. And I thought those were kind of big pieces for the Phillies, right? But what the Astros did very well, especially towards the end of the World Series matchups, first, obviously, having one with a no-hitter. Talking about it. We talk about the no-hitter with, um, what was it, Javier, I believe? Is that right? Yeah, Javier. Um, got that, obviously, with the no-hitter. That's obviously impressive against that Phillies team and just shutting them down only three runs in the past four games in the World Series. And to me, as an offense like that, especially how they started, that's a big accomplishment, Crook, for how they won it. Absolutely. And then, you know, you look at it, this is the first team since 2013 to win the World Series at home. The last team to do it was the Red Sox back in 2013 where David Ortiz won yeah. MVP, another position player. Definitely was not his rookie year, though. <laughs> Um, they went undefeated into the World Series. They went, uh, they swept the Mariners, and then they ended up sweeping the ALCS, which... Yes, against the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees. against yep. the Yankees. They won that one, uh, you know, clean sweep. And then the Phillies, like we were talking about, their offense was led by the power bats of Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos, uh, mm -hmm. JT Realmuto, and then... You know, Reese Hoskins, but they just stalled out after game three. Yeah. Game one, they put up five runs, and they won it. Or I believe it was six or six seven runs. Six runs, six runs, yeah. And when then in game, inning, yep. in game three, they put up another decent amount of runs, but I mean, yep. they just, they just, they, they couldn't, they couldn't keep it, couldn't keep the wheels moving, if you will. No, it just seemed like the, like I mentioned before, the offense kind of stopped, right? And obviously, a time when you don't want it to not go well is in a World Series, where obviously you know in, your, in the situation where you want to be at. I mean, looking at, I mean, I'll just get back to the Phillies here, looking at the schedule going into the postseason, right? They started off, obviously, first of all, the Phillies were the last team to get in to the playoffs. So obviously, this was a team that no one expected. They were below 500 for a time. Then they got above 500, played in the wild card game, beat the Cardinals up in two games. Then they beat the Braves. It looks like they won three games to one, looking at it over the Braves. And then they won five games over the Padres. And then, like I said, went to to the Phillies in six. So, sorry, the Astros in six. My fault. Um, but you look at both sides, I think the Phillies were a team that was still overall was getting very good. 
hot overall with the team. The pitching with Nola, I thought was very good. Obviously one of the best pitchers there. And overall the team as well. But the problem was when you're playing against the Astros, you have to be consistent. The Astros are a very good team of finding what you need and finding the weakness. And that's what the Astros, I believe, did grow up in those last four games. Absolutely. And then looking at the rest of the postseason, the L.A. Dodgers went into the playoffs with the best record in baseball, and then they couldn't even win more than one game in the postseason. They ended up winning one game. That was it in the entirety of the postseason. And, you know, you look at at other famous teams that have had huge regular seasons and then just fell through when it came to the postseason – the one that comes to mind is the 2001 Seattle Mariners. They set the record for most wins in baseball, you know, 116 and 46. Notable players on their team, they had Ichiro Suzuki, Jay Booner, and then Edgar Martinez, and they, they couldn't do anything. They got, to the, mm-hmm. they got to the AL Championship Series and then just lost to the Yankees, which then the Yankees lost to the Diamondbacks in the 2001 uh, World Series. Um. Who was I going to say? Luis Gonzalez was the uh, – oh, he was yeah. on the Diamondbacks mm-hmm. that year. But speaking of the Mariners, they just broke their 21-year playoff drought. So the last yeah. time they were in the playoffs was literally 2001, <laughs> just, just talking that, about. Yeah. And now they're back in the playoffs this year. Didn't do too bad. Obviously didn't win at all, but it wasn't wasn't the worst showing in the world. Uh, but, yeah, you had something about it? Yeah, I mean, just looking at the Mariners, they went 90-72, and 72, so obviously – Obviously second behind in the West, right, between the Astros. But they had a lot of acquisitions coming into the season. Obviously talking back, if you don't know from previous seasons, I'm a big Reds fan. They took a lot of Reds guys from my team. Obviously Suarez from that team. Jesse Winker as well used to be on that squad. And they were big pieces for the Mariners in this team. And they can't, and I believe looking at they're going to be a team to watch in the future, especially Julio Rodriguez. If you guys don't know about him, you've got to understand who he is. Probably, if you might have heard of him, he probably was in the home run derby, and he made, obviously, a lot of name for himself there. What came, what, second or third or something like that in the home run derby? Came in second. Second, that's right, second. And, you know, he obviously made a name for himself there, so who knows what's going to happen, obviously, with him in the future. Again, one of those young stars in the league. So, I mean, looking at other records, too, that kind of, I mean, we look at the National League, the Cardinals, I thought the Cardinals would do something this year. They were 93-69. and 69. And did a very good job, but didn't pan out in the wild card games as we just showed against the Phillies. Um, the Braves and the Mets, both two teams, like I said, both the same record. The Braves and the Mets, obviously the Braves, the champions from last season. Um, everyone thought they might have a chance to do well in this postseason. Didn't pan out for them. Your Milwaukee Brewers there, correct? I mean, 86 and 76. Thought they might do something, but just wasn't enough to get in the wild card hunt for the Brewers. So, I mean, a lot of teams, like I said, it didn't pan out. For them, but obviously, you know, there's going to be a whole new season coming up next year, Crow. Absolutely. And then looking forward, as you mentioned, next year, uh, we have a lot of big time, uh, big time free agents this year. And we're just going to go down the list, talk a little bit about them, and then either say whether you think they're gone or they're going to stay on the team they are at. So, first and foremost, we cannot forget about this guy. Just set the AL record for home runs in a single season, Aaron Judge. At the beginning of the year, he turned down a seven-year, $213.5 million extension with the Yankees. Wow. I'm saying he's gone. He, he's he's from California. Yeah. His hometown-ish is kind of near San Francisco. Mm. Might have been a Giants fan growing Giants. up. You know, the Giants, the A's, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Angels, they're all around there. So, I mean, he could go to anyone. He could go to any team in the MLB, and he would start 
opening day. So I'm personally saying he's gone because he would have signed that contract if he wanted to stay. I don't know. I think he's going to stay. I think looking at the Yankees, there they know that he's obviously one of their best players on their team. And that's obviously losing that amount of money. But if the Yankees are looking at they want to change the direction for their team, then obviously getting rid of Aaron Judge is going to be a huge part of their overall census. But... I don't know. You kind of it's it's interesting. You kind of convinced me now a little bit with obviously the obviously the Western teams like the Dodgers. They want to get more bats. Obviously, they have a lot of good players already. Um, the Giants, like you said, didn't even know that was as close to his hometown. So there you go. I learned that. Um, so that could be interesting to watch. But I think he's going to stay though, Crow. And then we got a speed round with pitchers. Uh, Degrom, I think he's going to leave the Mets when he's healthy. He's one of the best pitchers. When he's not, he's not. Uh, I'm going to say Verlander's going to stay. Uh, Carlos Rodon was with the White Sox, got moved to the Giants. I'm saying he's leaving the Giants. He doesn't want to be there, yeah. and he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last two, Clayton Kershaw is going to stay. Yeah. And then uh, Nathan Eovaldi, he's going to stay with the Red Sox as well. Yeah, I can agree with you, obviously, with Verlander and Kershaw. I think for Verlander, just obviously saw. I mean, he just was with the Astros, the team that just won the World Series, and it feels like he's comfortable there. You know what I mean? Verlander, we've always talked about, hasn't been that player in the postseason. What was he going to be like? I think being there with the Astros is going to be important for him. Same as Kershaw. I think, obviously, you think about Kershaw, he's always great in the regular season, postseason, not always the same player. But, obviously, I think staying with the Dodgers in that organization is going to be the best bet for him. And then what do you think about Jacob deGrom? you think he's going to stick around the Mets, or you think he's leaving? I think he's going to leave. I think looking at it, I think the Mets, the Mets are going to, the problem with the Mets is they have a great, they always have great pitchers around. They used to, obviously, we talked about Noah Syndergaard, was there, then he left to go obviously to the Phillies. And with DeGrom, I mean, problem is he's been very good but injury prone sometimes with this with his career. And obviously that's gonna obviously be a problem with him. I don't know specifically where, but I don't think he's gonna stay with the Mets probably for sure. Absolutely. And then to wrap up the speed rounds, we have the infielders. Uh Trey Turner, I think he stays in LA Dodgers. Uh Carlos Correa, I don't think he's coming back with the twins. Xander Bogarts will stay a Red Sox. Dansby Swanson, he's going to stay with the Braves. Yeah. Jose Abreu is going to stay with the White Sox. And I think Anthony Rizzo is going to leave the mm-hmm. Yankees really? if Aaron Judge leaves. That oh, Yeah, okay. That, I can see that. I can see that. Because if it's one player goes, you see another player like Rizzo wants to go with him. That makes sense to me, actually. So, yeah, I think Carlos Correa is not going to be a twin next year. The, the fan base just hasn't really wrapped around him like they expected to. Yeah, but not as much as with the Astros when he was there. The rest of the shortstops will stay. Yeah. Uh, transitioning forward into a sport that we play, and we love to talk about, the NFL. Max, what is the biggest shock right now in the NFL? I mean, Kruk, you look at a lot of the teams, I mean, really it's not that many shocks to me. I mean, obviously at the beginning, I was thinking – I had something with the Raiders, right? I thought the Raiders would compete, obviously, in the AFC West, but obviously right now they are 2-6, and six, and they are not doing so good. Derek Carr is not the same. Obviously, I thought getting the addition of Devontae Adams was going to be important for them. Thought it would be a big piece, but looks like they're not targeting him as much. Obviously, last game had a lot. He had 12 receptions for um, 170, pretty good amountage, whatever that was. But the whole entire season, it hasn't been like that for Devontae Adams. So a little shock with the Raiders and how they're playing right now, but – looking at the AFC side, but if you look at, I mean, the other side as well, the I'm surprised with the Eagles. The Eagles coming in, I mean, for the, Nas- for the National League, I did not expect Jalen Hurts to be where he is at. 
I mean, look at Jalen Hurts last year. Didn't really convince himself with his arm and didn't look like he was the same player. But this year he's more confident, I think. He's more confident. Obviously, the addition of A.J. Brown is huge from the tight ends and having Devontae Smith as well. And the defense as well. The defense getting more pieces, getting the Bears guy, I believe Quinn, going over there. That's a huge addition for their defensive line. And I think that's how the Eagles are playing. And how about the NFC East in general? The Cowboys are there at 6-2. and two. You got the Giants. Who would expect the Giants to be there at 6-2? and two? And how about the Jets as well? And the other side, both New York teams, six, in, six wins at the moment for both squads. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, the teams are still there, right? We look at the Bills still at the top right now, being 6-2, and two, Chiefs the same way. And, I mean, we look at the other teams. I still see a team coming in, right, the 49ers. I think the 49ers adding, if you haven't heard, they just got Christian McCaffrey. I think he'll be a big pickup for them. I think they're going to be a team to watch coming down the stretch here into the postseason, bro. Yeah, some of the big ones that I pointed out, uh, you know, if you'd have told me five years ago, that the Patriots were dead last in the AFC East division, oh, yeah. I'd have smacked you across your face. But right now, the Bills are winning it at six and three. The Jets six and two. You're, or pardon me, six and two. The Jets are six and three. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins are also six and three, and then the Patriots are five and four. I mean, you're looking at one of the most competitive divisions in football right now, and the Patriots aren't at the top. A big surprise for me is the Packers right now are three and six. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. This, they're on a five-game losing streak, which ties the longest losing streak in Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, you talked about the Eagles being undefeated. Jalen Hurts is playing at an MVP caliber mm-hmm. level. I mean, he's playing ridiculous, and it will honestly be it'll it'll be a huge shock to me if he does not end up taking home the MVP trophy at oh, the yeah. end of the year. Uh, the LA Rams are most yeah. definitely. Uh, living up to the uh, Super Bowl hangover, going three and five, oh, yeah. they're they're not really putting things back together, and their team was most of a turnaround, other than Odell Beckham Jr. Like everybody else came yeah. back, Tom Brady and the Bucks are somehow accidentally winning the division. Like you watch them play, they're playing terribly. Yeah, everybody else in the division, like you're talking about the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints. So, I mean, out of all four of those teams, of course the Buccaneers would be winning it because they have Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. You know, they have all these good players. But they're somehow barely winning. It's not even like... It's like they're trying to lose, but they're accidentally winning. That's literally what's going on when you yeah. watch the game. The uh, The Colts just fired their head coach, and they named okay. Jeff Saturday as interim head coach, which makes me happy because he was a center and an old lineman. I'm a center yeah. and an old lineman. The difference is I don't know how much coaching he's done in his career. That's the thing. So, you know, really, I just I want to see how much coaching he does, and how much he how much actual coaching he does versus how much just yeah. standing on the sidelines, being a, you know, being a presence. Is he, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you don't know about Jeff Saturday, he used to be an ESPN analyst coming in. So obviously. Maybe getting winded from the analyst side, getting into the realms. What I actually heard is that he did coach at high school ranks for a couple of years. I heard about that. So obviously, but it's different from high school to NFL, though. So way different, as we all know. And speaking of the Colts, I mean, the Colts are right now, they're not consistent at quarterback or offensive line at all. I mean, Matt Ryan, I thought they thought could change up everything after Carson Wentz. He has not been what they lived up to. Jonathan Taylor has not been healthy for the entire season, which is not good because obviously being their best player. And just how about offensive line? Hopefully Jeff Saturday being an offensive lineman, like you said, maybe change that offensive line and make him better. 
We'll see, though, because the Titans right now are 5-3, and three, but don't have Ryan Tannehill in the mix. And then getting back to, like I said, about the Rams, right, being a 3-5, and five, I'll mention my Bengals, right? Obviously, I'm a big Bengals fan. They're 5-4. and four. They are above 500 right now. But, again, I'll say this about my team, the Bengals. Right? They are not consistent every single week. I mean, one week you lose to the Browns, and it's horrible. It looks like I don't even know what to say. And then next week you have Joe Mixon going off for five touchdowns. It's like you just need to have that consistency going on, especially against the playoffs, against teams like you said, the Bills, the Chiefs, Chargers. I mean, I still think the Dolphins are going to be a team to watch. I still really like Tua, and having the addition of Tyreek Hill and Waddle is going to be a threat in the AFC. So, I mean, it's a lot of – and obviously there's a lot of differences going on in the NFL. I think you obviously thought the teams that we thought should be there are not showing up, like the Packers and Buccaneers. And then you're having surprise teams like the Eagles, right, coming up. The Seahawks, yeah, they were there in the past. They're 6-3, and three, somehow winning the NFC West right now. And, and the Giants and the Jets are right now six wins. So – a lot of craziness going on into the playoffs, Scrub. Yeah, you took a couple of my points right before I could say them there, too. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals having like a slumpish kind of a year mm-hmm. after making the Super Bowl. I've heard I've heard people, you know, from around campus, obviously we're college athletes. I've heard people around campus been saying, you know, oh, last year was just a fluke year for the Bengals. I don't think so. No. I think Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and Joe Burrow are going to be a heavy-hitting offensive Offensive powerhouse for years to come, and then they got is it Higsby is your guys's tight end? Uh, uh, it's Hayden Hurst right now. Hayden Higby's Hurst. Higsby's the Rams. You're good. Oh my bad, my yeah, bad. Hurst. He's a he's a solid tight end. He's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Your defense, it's it's got its glory moments, but right now, I mean, it's just you guys play it's, down to your competition, yeah. and then other weeks you guys just roll over yeah. teams. Uh, looking at my other points, Justin Fields. I'm a I'm a huge Bears fan. If you guys yeah. don't know, Justin Fields is showing glimpse of hope. For the struggling Chicago Bears. I mean, he last, literally yesterday, uh, November 6th, the game against the Miami Dolphins, he was going off. He was going crazy. And it was insane because I'm just like, okay, why can't we do this against the Packers or against mm-hmm. teams that like I think we're supposed to win against? Why are we doing this against the Dolphins, like a team that is playoff bound? But... I mean, I'm not going to complain Anytime he produces when he produces. The 49ers uh, now have one of the most powerful offenses, in my opinion, yeah. with the addition of uh, Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey mm-hmm. because, I mean, you got you got Jimmy Garoppolo, which I know mm-hmm. people people sleep on him all the time, but I think Jimmy G is yeah. really good. You don't get called the next Tom Brady for no reason, right? He's good. Mm-hmm. He maybe not be Brady, but he is good. Christian McCaffrey, you got uh, Debo Samuel, the O-line. Their O line is good, especially led yeah. by Trent Williams. I mean, I think I think the 49ers are going to make a decent run for it. I don't think they're going to end up winning it, but I do think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, Tua is still working his way back from a couple of concussions um, with the help of first year coach Mike McDaniel's, who is doing a great job. Oh yeah, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, the the Dolphins are going to be a scary team when they get their act together. Uh, the Chiefs, speaking of getting your act together, the Chiefs are actually having to play in games this year instead of just blowouts. Like, they actually are competing. Like, it's not, it's, they're not just throwing their helmets on the field mm-hmm. and people are getting scared. Like, they actually have to play. And then the Cowboys is going to be my last point. The Cowboys just need to pick who their running RB1 is going to be. Oh, yeah. Are they going to pick Ezekiel Elliott? Are they going to pick Tony Pollard? Whoever you want to pick, pick yeah. one of them and give them the snaps. Don't keep... 
going back and forth because there's an old saying in football. It's for quarterbacks, but I mean it applies for just about anything. When you have two quarterbacks, you actually have zero quarterbacks. If you have two mm-hmm. starting quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks because you can't get in a rhythm, which mm-hmm. means if you have two starting running backs and your offense is designed to have one starting running back, you, you have zero starting running backs because you can't get in a rhythm that way. You, you need to be able to get in a rhythm. Yes, there's going to be some negative run plays. As long as there's enough positive run plays to rule it out, who cares? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Croc. I mean, looking at the Cowboys just real quick, right? I think Tony Pollard should be the starter. I think Ezekiel Elliott is there, but Tony Pollard is more diverse back for the Cowboys, and I think they should use him more as we go on. And, Croc, I think we're just going to transition quickly now. We're going to move over to talk about some college football going on. Uh, obviously, college football was crazy yesterday. Obviously, on Saturday, pardon me, when we had Clemson losing to Notre Dame 35-14. to We also had Tennessee, was ranked number one in the first rankings, lost to Georgia, the number three team, uh, 27-13. And then also that Alabama, the team everyone was thinking that could again get back into the playoff, back to the situation, lost to LSU in overtime, 32-31. So, Crook, a crazy week of college football this week. Obviously, the second rankings will come out tomorrow, but what do you got to say of uh, these teams losing and what do you think is going to happen in the future here? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I thought Tennessee was going to lose the entire way. Tennessee was the number one seed, but, I mean, yeah, they beat Alabama. So, I mean, you can't say they were untested. But, I mean, Alabama, even great teams lose a game once in a while. The 85 Bears, the greatest team of Chicago Bears to ever be assembled, lost to the Miami Dolphins on Monday night. I mean, you look at at even, even, uh, what was the year the Patriots went undefeated into the Super Bowl? Was that 2017? Or 2015, 16, somewhere believe, in there? I believe, yeah, it was 2015, I believe. Anyways, they went undefeated, and guess when they lost? The Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Alabama, you look back at their history, when they go into the national championship with one or more losses, are more likely to win it than when they go into the national championship undefeated. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think with Alabama, right? The two losses that they lost to, to Tennessee and LSU, both ranked teams on the road, and losing them by that much. And what I was thinking of Alabama, and I'll put it this way, I thought they would have a very good defense overall. I thought their defense was going to be great. Obviously, everyone's hyping up really well. Will Anderson, Jr., thought he would be a great linebacker for Alabama this season. People thought he could win the Heisman Trophy or be in the front runner for that. Haven't really had the stats as much for him in the season as we thought we would. And Bryce Young, listen, he's done He's done very well. He's done a good job, and obviously he was injured for a period of time, and so had to have Milrow come in, the backup quarterback for Alabama, Jalen Milrow, come in to help out the situation for Alabama. But it's when you don't have that consistency every single time, like what Georgia has right now. Georgia, what I like about Georgia is just how they play complementary football. Their defense is great, and their offense is playing great up to their standards. I mean, that's Alabama is not having that this year. And just looking quickly at some of the other teams, Ohio State, yes, 121-7 over Northwestern. Again, not the prettiest of wins, but obviously Ohio State's got to keep doing that. Obviously the big matchup with Michigan coming up, obviously, in three weeks. And, you know, another team, too, you can't sleep on TCU. I'm telling you, TCU is a team that, coming from the Big 12, Max Duggan can play. He threw last game for 341 yards against, against West Virginia, which West Virginia, listen, not the best of teams, right? but obviously still came in there and took care of business, which was important 
for them in that matchup. So I think looking at it from both of these teams' perspectives, I think the rankings this week coming up for the college football ranks should, for me, end up like this. It should be Georgia, I believe, number one. I think Ohio State probably will be at two. I wouldn't be surprised they get to three and they move Michigan up to two. But that's, again, debate. That's what they're going to have. I think Michigan will be a three. And I think TCU will move up to number four. I think Tennessee probably will be like five or six. And Alabama, I don't know. They'll be dropping probably out of the top ten after that loss, probably to LSU. I mean, speaking about big losses, I think Notre Dame, or pardon me, Clemson. Clemson, who just got beat by Notre Dame. Clemson's going to get dropped mm-hmm. heavily. Uh, they're going to go down to, I believe, probably number 12, number 13. A uh, team that I know not doesn't really get that much love, but, uh, I mean, I've been there personally. I've been on their campus. Uh, I have family who lives out in uh, Virginia, kind of nearby them, but the Liberty Liberty Flames, mm. uh, they're number 19 right now. They just won another game. I, they're going to go up a little bit. Do I think they're going to make a natty run? No. But, I mean, dude, like, honestly, they're going to make a decent-sized bowl game. It's going to be fun. And, I mean, you look at it last year. Malik Willis was their quarterback. And that's really the only reason people were really talking about him. But, I mean, they have sustained success now. You you can't deny that. You can't True. sit here and act like they aren't that good. So, I mean, I think the Flames are going to make a run for it. But I am a Wisconsin Badgers fan, so it kills me to say this. But the Illinois Fighting Illini are going to be ranked in the top 20 again. So, I mean, hey, go I mean, Illinois, good for them. Yeah, man. Illinois obviously had a tough loss, though, to Michigan State, so we'll see how they will fall. But it's who would have thought Illinois would be in that position in the first place? Seven wins. And speaking of those teams real quick, how about Kansas? A team that we didn't expect at all real quick. They all of a sudden are bowl eligible for the first time since 2008, so props to them as well. And finally, Kruk, we're just going to talk about some NBA news here. NBA just starting up their season a little bit ago, and again, looking at some of the rankings coming into this season, a lot of teams that we kind of expected going in. The Boston Celtics right now are 6-3. and three. Um, The Memphis Grizzlies in the West are 7-3 and three right now. You look at the Dallas Mavericks, they are 5-3. and three. And they have teams that kind of weren't expecting, right? The Cleveland Cavaliers right now 8-1 for their season. Obviously, getting the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell. Um, was a big part for their offense as well. So just some of the stat lines there. But, correct, we look at some of the NBA information. Anything that kind of shocks you at the moment or anything you want to say about that from the NBA so far? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at it, I mean, I'm looking at it, and the Bucks are 9-0. and The Bucks are 9-0, and and I'm like, all right, they got Giannis leading them. No big deal, right? Like, to be expected, coming out of the gate hot, they're going to slump a little bit, probably either one-third of the way through or two-thirds of the way mm-hmm. through. Because everybody slumps just a little bit, but they'll definitely end up winning. They'll make it at least to the finals, if not the conference finals. Mm. Um, But, I mean, you look at the Lakers. The Lakers, once again, are powerhouses. And, once again, the chemistry is just not adding up. You look at the Warriors. The Warriors are struggling right now. The Suns. The Suns aren't exactly setting the world on fire either, Seven are they? 7-2 and two right now, but, again, still early in the season, <laughs> so don't know that for sure, but... I'll just quickly talk about, like you said, Golden State and the Lakers, right? I mean, Golden State still has Steph Curry on their team. They got Clay, They got all those people. Right now, I think their problem is, look, coming in, they're not healthy overall. And the problem is Steph Curry's not always healthy getting on the team. And when those three players are not on the, on the court, then you know that's a big difference for the Warriors. And for the Lakers, it's kind of been the same thing that's happened from the, from the last season. 
It's the chemistry happening between the three guys. Westbrook, Davis, and LeBron is not the same. And obviously, every, I'm, I'm wondering what will LeBron do. Obviously, LeBron's in a situation right now, coming in his last year of his contract. Will he want to stay with the Lakers? Will he want to get out of there, retire? Who knows what's going to happen with LeBron coming in the future. But I'm kind of a bit like surprised with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Are they coming in at 8-1? and one? I mean, I thought the addition of Donovan Mitchell would help out a little bit, but he's actually helped made that team kind of a team to watch out now. I mean, you got Jared Allen from last year, still a very good offensive center that can make a lot of plays for your team. Obviously, Darius Garland, a great player as well. Um, those are kind of players that are going to be big marks for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we, we can't go anything with that NBA with coming from the previous seasons from my New York Knicks. If you don't remember a couple years ago, the New York Knicks, I had it for a situation, but then they didn't pan out to do anything after they made the playoffs. But looking at them right now, right, New York Knicks are 4-5. and five. So, yeah, it is early in the season. They're right there, not at 500. But obviously Boston and Toronto are leading that 6-3, 6-4. So, I don't know, Grook, it's early, but look at, I mean, Milwaukee, like you said, a team to watch. Cleveland's a team to watch um, at the moment. Phoenix Suns, you can never sleep on them. And I think the Warriors are going to turn around. I think early in the season, 3-7, and seven, I think when everyone's healthy, they'll probably figure it out together for the Warriors. I'm going I'm to end the show with one hot take right out the gate. Memphis Grizzlies are making the uh, NBA Finals this year. I'm, I'm putting my vote in. The Memphis okay. Grizzlies coming out of the East, making the NBA West, Finals. Or, pardon me, West, West. West. Which doesn't make sense, because they're on the East yeah, side of America. They're, 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 they're more near the East than the West. It is what it is, I guess. Well, whatever. So, yeah, I'm going Memphis Grizzlies, <laughs> and I'll, I'll decide who my other one is later. You want to make a pick, Max? I mean, looking at it, I mean, it's probably way too early, but I'd still say you got to watch out for the Phoenix Suns. I think they'd probably be a team to watch with Booker and all them. Obviously, can they not choke in the playoffs? That'll be something to see. Uh, but looking at the East, I would probably, I don't know, I still think it's Milwaukee right there. I think Milwaukee's a team with Giannis and Chris Middleton. Those are going to be guys, and especially a couple years ago back, they were there at this situation. They know what it's about. They want to get back to that, and obviously, I think it's their year. Obviously, being 9-0 right now, but we'll see what happens as the season goes by. All right, absolutely. We'd like to thank you, in. Thank you all for continuing to tune in. Uh... This is so much fun for us to put absolutely. on. We, we absolutely enjoy, we enjoy talking about sports, having you guys listen. Um, if you want to tell others about it, we would absolutely adore that. Um, but until next time, this is Kruk, Mad Max, coming to you live from Avila University. Until next time, take it easy, and make sure to mow your yard at least one time before it snows. <laughs>